Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Amy Weiss, and I'm here with all of you on the Seller Roundtable podcast. Andy is camping with his family right now. <laughs> so I'm here all by my lonesome, except not by my lonesome, because I have my friend and just awesome entrepreneur, Isaac Smith, with me today. Welcome, Isaac. Hey, Amy. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Yes. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even remember how I met you. I think I met you through Danny and you guys did this really great summit and I was a part of that. And, um, and then ever since then, I think I was on your podcast after that and we hung out a couple of times online and, um, and I was like, Hey, you know, this is a pretty cool guy with a pretty cool story. You got to get on my podcast. So um, awesome to have you here. Let's talk just a little bit about you. So tell us a little bit about you and you know where you're from and uh, where you live now, that kind of thing. Sure. Well, thank you again. And thanks for that nice introduction. It was great having you on the summit. Um, so where I'm from, I'm from Portland, Oregon. I'm here in my home office, uh, rocking my quarantine haircut. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm from Portland. I've, I've spent a lot of time doing a lot of things, but I guess what listeners might like, the story listeners might be interested in is the story of the architect. I used to be an architect, but it, that sounds awesome. Yes, I know it does, but in reality, it's not. Um, and I was having... Uh, panic attacks and near mental breakdown, maybe an exaggeration, but uh, maybe not. And so I just needed to do something else. And um, that was maybe 2013. I started the e-commerce journey in 2014. And I started with, uh, as you mentioned, high ticket drop shipping. And I've been doing that um, almost ever since. And so, yeah, about a year into that, I quit my job and made my, I can somehow convinced my wife to move across, sell our condo. Let's both quit our jobs, our, our good paying jobs, move across the country and move in with my parents in Portland. We were, we were living and working in the Washington, D.C. area at oh, the time. Oh, wow. And so we got in our car and drove. <laughs> yeah. So you went from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast and to live with your parents after you were already inde independent, somewhat independent. Yeah. Now you have a new version of independent, right? But you just decided to make this sacrifice so that you could, why? So why was, the, what was the ultimate driver of that sacrifice? Riches, bling, you know, like... <laughs> Stacking cash here, right? Immediate rich and fame. Uh, that I guess that's what convinced my wife was all of that talk, but it didn't happen the way <laughs> the way any of us thought. Um, but that was five years ago, and um, we have since uh, taken a big step up. We moved out of my parents' house into my grandma's house. 
um, <laughs> about a year later. That was uh, so unexpected, right? Now. <laughs> moved out of my parents' house yeah. to my grandpa's house. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, are you still and living in grandma's house, or no? We oh. we we have since moved out. Um, but I I just like to tell the story that way because you know it is about sacrifice, and if you have a dream and um, you have something that you want and you have a good reason for that, then, hey, it's up to you what you do about it. Are you going to just keep going with what you're doing? Or are you going to actually be willing to make those tough sacrifices? And I, I give all credit to my wife because like, I can't imagine you know, her being willing to, to do that, to quit a job that she really did love at the time and um, sell all of our stuff. She still says, man, we shouldn't have sold that bed. Um, <laughs> it's that one. It was better than our, the one we have now. But, you know, it's, it is, it's about, it's about realizing what you want and then going after it. Um, and, and it's, for me personally, it was, I, it wasn't, it was more of like, more of moving away from what I hate and the pain that I was experiencing uh, in that career and finding something that would give me freedom and allow me to be myself and who I was and what I think I'm, I'm good at and, you know, more along the lines of who I'm destined to be. And so to me, there was no choice. The choice was figuring out how to con convince my wife to do this. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can definitely relate to that, Isaac, because I, you know, had one of those big high paying jobs and, um, and the whole family kind of had to sacrifice, you know, when we decided that we were going to take the ultimate leap and I was going to leave this job that gave me all this security, you know, to pay the mortgage and everything else. And we sat our kids down and said, Hey, you know, you might not be able to do gymnastics. You, we might have to eat ramen for a while, you know, like, and my husband and I, we kind of said, you know, we had a contingency plan for everything. So, you know, if I can't make enough money doing this, we'll go drive Uber. If I can't make enough money, you know, doing this, we'll, you know, we had all these kind of backup plans, including maybe selling this big old Texas mansion, you know, like, I mean, for us, it was more important to live our purpose and our dream than to um, worry about what used to be important, which was keeping up with the Joneses. And it's yeah. not important anymore. And now it's important to live the life we want to live. And I think that's so, so powerful when people realize like, hey, you do have a choice. You do have a choice and you can make this happen if you really want to, even if it means moving back in with mom and dad or grandma. I love that. Yeah. So cool. So tell us a little bit more about high ticket drop shipping because that's how you got started in e-commerce and we're an e-commerce podcast. And so tell us a little bit about that. Like what is high ticket drop shipping mm -hmm. and how did you learn about it and what kind of things did you sell? Absolutely. So I think I, I know that your audience is, is more of the Amazon sellers. And so that's probably what they're most familiar with. So I want to start by saying, you, you know, when I decided I wanted to do something different, there is a whole, like everybody listening and you probably as well, there's that whole journey of finding the blog, finding the podcasts of like, what could I do? And 
you find one that leads to another that leads to another. And eventually I heard, you know, of course I was across, came across uh, Pat Flynn, who's great and is a great place to, who was also an architect, uh, which is what one of the reasons I had a, a connection to his, his podcast at first. But eventually I found people talking about e-commerce and I thought, yeah, all these other things people are doing just okay, they sound great, I guess, but they don't make a lot of sense. And, but here are people who are taking somebody, taking some money and sending an object to a person that makes sense to me. There's something you can touch. Right. And so eventually I found people who were talking about drop shipping. And back then it was a little different than it is now. If you bring up the idea of drop shipping today, most people, I think, think you're talking about um, selling very inexpensive things from AliExpress in China to U.S. customers or all around the world. And that is a very new version of dropshipping that was not around when I got started. And honestly, I mean, we can have that conversation, but I don't think it's a great business model, that version of it. But dropshipping is as old as time. It's as old as the mail order catalogs. Um, and now we do it online. So essentially what it means is you make a sale, you take somebody's money and you send them something, but you don't actually have that in inventory. Somebody else has it. Um, so a supplier who has a warehouse full of these things, sometimes they're made to order. Um, and, but essentially you're the middleman. You're the one who's doing the marketing who's getting that uh, product in front of people who want to buy it in a way that they do want to buy it and that they're willing to pay for it. So you take the order and then you, you tell the other person that your supplier to ship the item to the customer. So that's essentially what drop shipping is. Um, and when I say high ticket drop shipping, that's kind of what we added now to sort of differentiate it from this new version that is actually quite a bit different. Um, it's not different in concept, but it's different in practice um, in terms of just the, it's more of like flash in the pan kind of fad stuff that you hear about. Um, and if that's what you do and you're making a great business out of it, please take no offense. Um, but that's just what it has, what it's looked like from the people I've seen doing that. Um, so yeah, essentially high ticket drop shipping. Um, you know, my very first business, it was a failure, but it took me way too long to realize it was a failure. I was selling remote controlled cars, uh, drones, helicopters, planes, that sort of thing. Um, and the business that actually did take off and eventually I sold last year was, I mean, people always are surprised to hear it's, I sold salon furniture and spa furniture. So if you go into a hair salon, which you're not doing right now, <laughs> except in some states. Yeah, um, I now. went and got my hair done the other day. Are you? I was so thankful because- Oh my gosh. <laughs> I need to go, but we're not open yet here uh, in Oregon. Um, yeah, so if you go into a hair salon, nail salon, um, massage studio or spa, look at any of the furniture in there, the chairs, the tables, the mirrors, the drawers, all that stuff, uh, the massage tables, 
that's the stuff that I would sell. And so when we say high ticket, generally speaking, we're talking about uh, $200, $300 or more. Most of the stuff that I sold was a couple thousand dollars. And so sometimes people would buy one. Very often they'd buy two or three because they've got a whole salon or sometimes 10 or 15 or 20. Uh, depends on what it is. So that's, that's what I was doing for about four years until I sold that business last year. So you started your drop shipping business by selling things like RC cars and drones and stuff. And you didn't, you didn't have very much success with that. So why do you think that you didn't have a lot of success selling the drones and the, and the RC cars? Yeah, good question. So believe it or not, uh, drop shipping is not that different from a different e-commerce business model such as, um, you know, selling on Amazon. It, it is different in idea, um, but in concept, mo you're, you're essentially, you're looking for a product that people are buying, that what they want to buy, that there's not a ton of competition. There's not too much competition sort of as a ratio uh, to the demand. And so you want to be able to fill that void. And so that's what you're doing no matter where you're selling and no matter what kinds of products. And so, so I know you're not really, you're not a fan of the formula that a lot of FBA sellers follow and you have your own take. I know that. Um, but formulas do work sometimes, not all the time. And in drop shipping, it's no different. Um, so there is a formula, there's a criteria. And so I learned all of this through a course that I took called Dropship Lifestyle. And I'm not affiliated with them at all, but that's where I learned and they're great and amazing. And it works most of the time, sometimes. <laughs> uh, but whenever you start anything new, there's a learning curve and there's all kinds of things you don't know. And honestly, I don't know what I don't know, but I think it did not, what I thought it was checking all of those boxes was not actually checking all the right boxes. And I and think the, the, so many of us, you know, when we're start selling on Amazon or we start selling in e-commerce, we, we learn the same lessons. You know, we, I've had plenty of products that I thought were good and it seemed like they were good. But then when I actually tried to sell them, I found, okay, too much competition or, you know, my differentiation isn't enough or, you know, so I think it's the same way with drop shipping is no matter what you're doing, you have to get in front of the customer who's going to buy from you. You have to get your products in front of the customer who's going to buy from you. And when you do that, you're hoping that there aren't 30 others that are right next to you. You're hoping you can get in front of them and they can make a decision to buy from you. Whether you're drop shipping that product, I mean, really drop shipping is kind of just a different form of fulfillment. You know, you're kind of mm -hmm. just the, you're the salesperson, you're making a profit, you're not having to have that inventory, um, but you're able to, to sell that item and you still have to go through the whole sales process. The only thing you don't have to go through is the fulfillment process, right? Um, so I, I totally get it. You know, RC cars and drones, those are actually pretty popular and I'm sure there was quite mm -hmm. a bit of competition there. And so yes. it's not uh, as easy to get in front of that customer and then have them make a buying decision with you when they can also buy 
on Amazon or they can buy over here, they can buy over there and many different prices, many different, you know, um, methods for, for selling and advertising that product. So awesome. So you decided to get into this salon furniture, salon and spa furniture. Very cool. And then you scaled that. So talk a little bit about scaling that business. Like how did you find salons and stuff to sell to? And because we want to talk about all of us have a goal. Most of us anyway, have a goal to sell our businesses and you sold your business. So can you tell us a little bit about like, Hey, here's how I scaled it. And then here's how I went about selling it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I would also add to that, um, to the, the RC cars failing, you know, you do need to know your customer and one thing that I didn't know. So one of the things you look for in this method is you're looking for people with disposable income. So generally upper middle class people um, who are willing to spend money without worrying about it too much. And so that's what you're hoping for in a lot of this kind of business. But I didn't know that RC car enthusiasts are actually generally not very well off. They're actually, I think, generally on the lower end of income. And they would call me up and we would talk for like an hour. And I say, okay, you ready to buy? They go, yeah, I think I'll go get this off Craigslist used. So there's somebody who's going to trade me. We're going to swap or something like, ah, <laughs> so I didn't know my customer and I was, I made an assumption that was totally wrong. Um, so wow. there's things that you're, you're going to find out. And so my, uh, I, I feel like I've just sort of repeatedly failed enough that something worked out and I've done it not as fast as I would like. Uh, I wish I could have made these iterations much faster. So I didn't even start out thinking I wanted to do salon furniture. It was actually home massage chairs, like those electronic things that'll massage you all up and down. Um, and that didn't work. But I had a store that was called Aria Chairs. And I thought, well, geez, what other kinds of chairs can I sell? <laughs> and eventually I heard of this thing called a pedicure chair. Honestly, I'd never seen one before in my life. I didn't know such a thing existed. Um, but I figured, okay, before I completely shut this thing down, let me see. And I listed and it sold. I was like, well, great. So, <laughs> so yeah, you asked me about scaling. How do you scale? Um, really, there were, I mean, it was a course of four years. Um, and as it's the entrepreneurial journey, up, downs roller coaster ah uh fear and um and really what i've learned now is it's really 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 important to figure out what you should be focusing on and that's actually not an easy task but once you know that don't be distracted by all these other things Squirrel. and so <laughs> i get i get squirrels all the time and oh, i think that's I something all of us struggle with. So yeah, please keep going. It's good. Yeah. So I mean, I tried all kinds of different things, but really in the end, what worked was just focusing on those fundamentals. And you know, I spent, I, I look through my journal and I can see like all the months that I've wasted trying to build um, content marketing or something. And yeah, it, I, I built a team that can do that, but 
the ROI wasn't what I wanted. So back to fundamentals, if you're in e-commerce, which if you're in drop shipping, if you're private labeling, if you're whatever, fundamentals are like what we talked about before, finding a customer who wants to buy, finding a product to sell them and presenting that, getting in front of them and presenting that in a way that compels them to buy. And yes, marketing is great and it's important, but if it pulls you away from that focus on what is working, your business is eventually going to decline. And that's what happened to me. Um, and it's a long, it's a long, sad story. Um, but at the end of it, I had enough pain that made me realize and through talking with others helped me get back onto that path. What is, what is actually working for you right now? And can you double down on that? And so for me personally in drop shipping and which is not that different from selling on Amazon, it's about having the right product first and foremost. If you don't have the product that people want to buy, nobody's going to buy it. Uh, secondly is getting that in front of the customer when so you have to know how they're searching you have to know your ppc whatever you're using that's working you have to know how that works and continually get better at it and then also critically important is presenting that uh, product in a way that is compelling so titles um descriptions keywords um Images, all of that stuff is, is actually very similar between Amazon and selling on Shopify or eBay even. We haven't talked about eBay. I haven't sold there much, but it's, it's all about this product-based business. Um, so if you can keep focusing on that um, and it's working and you don't take your attention away, uh, it should, you should see a growth growth, maintaining that growth. And so once, once I, I figured that out and I did that, um, I saw a really big growth, really massive growth, right? When I listed my business to sell, which is great, but it meant the buyer got to keep that value that I had just created and not pay what it was worth, which I'm not complaining. I'm glad that it worked out that way. And he's glad that it worked out that way. Um, so, um, that's really, that's really it. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at SellerRoundTable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.